Greetings and welcome to the 20th anniversary special edition of Ticks from Olive Films. Uh, this is the audio commentary. My name is Nathaniel Thompson, and it is my privilege today to be sitting here with two of the men involved: uh, the director Tony Randell and actor Clint Howard. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah. Now, uh, before we get into the making of the film, I have one question. Something that always sort of confuses people about this film is the actual title. It was shot as Ticks. Um, I believe it was written as Ticks, and overseas it was released under that title. But for American horror fans, they first knew it as Infested. Um, Fangoria and places like that were hyping it out for months as Infested. And so when it finally showed up as Ticks, people were like, a little confused. What was the story behind that? The, the story was that they felt that for a theatrical release, Infested was a better title. Uh, oftentimes, the, the good title gets thrown away for a lesser title. And I believe that's what happened here. Ticks was a better title. Um, didn't have much say in that, unfortunately, but um, that's exactly what happened. Well, I'm Infested was just a line yeah. that was screamed. I believe it was an ad lib. Well, it's really your fault that the title <laughs> got changed because that was your ad lib. And you came to me and said, I want to say this line. I'm Infested. I said, great. I didn't realize it was going to have such impact down the line, but it was a great line. Hey, Ticks works really good as a movie, especially when I had to describe it. I had to make sure that it, we're not talking about the mammary gland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, so, Tony, how did you become involved with the project? What was, what was the genesis of it? Uh, the, the producer, Jack Murphy, had seen one of my films prior, Children of the Night, maybe, or Hellbound, and asked me to do the films. Pretty simple. And I said, I read the script and liked it and said, sure. I'll do it. Now, how much prep time did you have? Was it, um, you know, b back in this era, movies were getting churned out pretty quick. I, I just want to note here, Robin Monroe, she invented Color Me Mine, a huge, uh, a huge uh, pottery company that she's now very wealthy and has nothing to do with the film business. Just thought I'd point that out. She got out of casting, yeah, huh? She got out of casting. <laughs> I had about a month of prep on this, which was pretty quick because there was a lot to do uh the sequence you're seeing right now is actually shot later on and we'll get more into that s story later but this was all shot in post-production all of this opening title but the actual prep of the main shoot of the film was about a month this happens uh with movies all the time where uh, they go back and reshoot or they'll go back and shoot additional photography. Sometimes it'll be months uh, uh, where th I, I was not involved in the original making of the movie. I was brought in uh, when you guys went back and did additional photography. That's right. We, we, we cast new cast members and we shot new scenes uh, to better fill out the story, which was frankly lacking once pr principal photography was completed. All this material you've been seeing here is to set up the, all of Clint's scenes are set up here, that there's a, a, a marijuana farmer who's using herbicides and whatnot and chemicals, and that's what causes the, the uh, mutation that, you're, that um, is really the uh, spark plug for the whole film. I always enjoy the special effects guys on movies, especially back in the day when they were just, they, they were the makeup geeks that would come with the... With goo. They're, goo. They're goo guys. They, oh. love, they love getting dirty and they, they love goo all over the place. And I love the goo and goo looks great. Computer stuff, not so 
fun. Hey, listen, old school, you know, Tony, yeah. we've been around a long time and we've seen it all. But, uh, you know, back in the day, it literally was like 10-gallon buckets of, glue, of goo. And that was great because when you shot it, you knew it looked good. You didn't. You weren't telling an actor to now imagine that this creature is going to be crawling over you. That There's nothing there. Whereas here, it's all... Old school, real stuff. Now this is this is the original part of the film. Yes. Now we're into the original shoot. Uh, this was shot in downtown Los Angeles, a very familiar location. I believe that's the Seventh Street Bridge. It's been used uh, lots and lots of times. <clears throat> any any crime any crime TV series from LA, you you would see this location. Uh, now this little piece here was actually shot in Griffith Park. Now, when Seth Green made this film, he was already a really established actor. He'd been around for a long time. He'd even played sort of a young Woody Allen in radio days. Um, what was it like working with him when he, when he came aboard? Seth was still was only 16 when he made this film. So he was pretty young. Uh, I th think we actually needed uh, a social worker part of the time with him. He was still young. Uh, he was he's a nice kid at the time. I haven't seen him in many years, but I'm sure he's a nice adult. You know, I, I've had the experience over the years of, of, of working with him. And although we did not work together on this movie, he didn't know I was in this movie. Um, however, my experience with, experiences with him have been really, you know, solid over the years. Austin Powers, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as other projects. He's hired me, which is always good. Oh. Which is why I did this movie. Did you ever remind him that you were both in ticks down the road? Uh, yeah, I think we probably <laughs> shared that information. But I just, you know, this is a business. And, and when given the opportunity to work, uh, whatever the genre, whatever kind of movie it is, um, if, if it's gainful employment, I'm game. Now, since you're talking about the genre, I, I, I think probably both of you have some memories of this. When this movie came out, it was obviously, it'll, it will be 20 years by the time this comes out. Um, and the horror genre was kind of going through kind of an odd phase where the theatrical market was sort of evolving and video was sort of taking over. Um, I mean, you know, Tony, you've done Hell, Hellbound and Hellraiser 2, which was a big theatrical release, but by the time this was done, the market was very different. Um, so what was it like when you came into this? Uh, this was the period of time when the independent film companies were all going kind of belly up. Uh, the idea of making a B-movie and getting it in a movie theater was starting to become extinct. And there was, there was in fact, a small theatrical release for this, but it didn't work. Because of the cost of prints and advertising, it's just not economical, and they become direct-to-video. And this film actually cost a little bit over a million dollars, and in today's world, that's a lot. You wouldn't make a film like this for a million. You'd make it for a fifth of this price, of that price. So, um, yeah, this was on the cusp of things changing and not necessarily for the better. Well, no, you know, Roger Corman really had established himself as the independent guy that could manufacture entertainment and get it out there in the theaters, and he did it successfully for a couple of decades. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there were others that tried to copy Roger's formula, and then there was a tail end of that business, and unfortunately, this movie kind of fell into that. Yeah, well, Clint and I have both worked for Roger, so we, we know him pretty well, but now Roger does films that really don't get theatrical releases, they go to Sci-Fi Channel. Figured it'd be good for a few laughs. So now, at what point then, considering the fate of the film, that most people wound up seeing it on video and cable, so the response wasn't really as direct. When did you guys start to realize that this film was getting a bit of a cult following and people could see it? 
Uh, years later for me. I don't know about you, Clint. Oh, no, it was years later. Uh, I remember vividly sitting in a network meeting. I don't want to say whether it was ABC, NBC, or CBS, but it was a network meeting. And one of the executives brought up ticks. And I found that to be just internally really, inter you know, humorous because I, it's like, what? anyway, I talked to him later and, you know, yes, he's a network executive, but as a child, as a young teenager, he was influenced by this movie. So it, it's just, it's surprising when a title you made back in the 80s or the 90s, that when, when you realize there are people that were affected by that title. We've gone on and done lots of other things, but meanwhile, it's left a, an imprint on people. And there's your introduction. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> so here, this is the beginning of the additional photography. Rescripted and shot months after the original photography. And I don't know what you guys were thinking when you put me in that feather earring. I, I thought that was your idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the, uh, but see, all this stuff, the, I kind of was able to go wild because I love old machines. I love old, dirty machines. And uh, they brought a production designer on and Clark Howard. He's gone on. Clark Howard. No, that's not him. Clark Howard. Oh, it is Clark. Clark Howard? Clark. But anyway, we'll somebody. It'll be in the end credits. He um, he did um, all of this stuff, and he was great. And he's he's he went on to do Sling Blade and a bunch of other big, much bigger films. But well, uh, I really had a ball with all the, those machines. Well, I remember when I uh, when I got called and and you talked to me about what was needed, or Jack may have called me or, or somebody, uh, and I saw. Hunter, Clark Hunter, sorry. No, I, no, I saw what you guys had done. It, it was going to be a fun playground for me as an actor to, to play in for. It was one long night. Cold. Very cold. Very cold. Uh, that barn now is, a, is now a registered historical landmark and can no longer be entered, filmed in. You can't use it anymore. It, it's out in Malibu. It was just absolutely freezing. It was literally freezing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It gets cold right off of uh, Malibu Canyon Road. I actually auditioned for a role in this movie. It must have just been a sheriff or something, and I ended up not getting the call. Dad did. So you hired Dad to begin with. I was afraid you might bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> No, there is a there was a part that that somebody. Oh, there. It's a tick. Vampires of the insect world. Oh, that sucker's nasty. Got a match or something? Yeah, hold on. No, and it actually worked out better this way. It, much better. Clint, you got the much better costume, so. and, and, and the and the memorable part. It's the one. It's the part everybody remembers. I wish I had that earring. Sorry, Hall. Actually, Clint. Also, you you and your dad have worked together on a lot of films. Um, you didn't really work together together on this one all that much. But I mean, going as far back as stuff like Gentle Ben, you know, you've been to many many times. What's it like working with him? Well, listen, I'm I'm 
closer to dad than I am probably to any other human being. I mean, he was my mentor growing up and my first earliest memories working. I mean, he was, dad was there with me. So, so we've always had a special relationship acting together. Uh, you know, I know he's dependable and I know he'll know his lines and I don't have any problem at all. You know, uh, not even that I enjoy working with him. It's just, I just enjoy being in his company. Well, the, the Howard family, they're, they're a bit of royalty in Hollywood. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I can tell you that uh, Clint and Rance are solid citizens and great both to work with and not to turn this into a compliment. No, hey, listen, video, the, fa but, the uh, fact is, 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 is working in the entertainment business is, is a really good job. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And my dad instilled that in me or sh showed that to me when I was very young. So for me to put up with whatever headaches happen or whatever situations unfold, it beats the hell out of like a regular job. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I think we've done five films together, right? Probably so. Yeah. Well, we in, in in one shape or form, yeah, writing, producing, directing. Yeah, well, we did a yeah we did a, a a pilot demo that never went anywhere, unfortunately, which was a great concept. And then uh, we did uh, four or five films. Hi there, cutie. <laughs> and you were having to shoot this at about the speed of television. Yes. Yeah. And. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was a, um, a challenge. It was over, under scheduled, but managed to get it, most of it, until we, we cut it together and found out we were missing uh, a lot of impact, but um, we fixed it. Which happens in movies, you know, it's, it's not like you, you have a script and you go out and shoot it and you shoot everything you want and you cut it together and it always works. This is an example of a film that was created editorially many ways, it, with judicious reshoots and post-production, uh, judicious um, uh, editing in of new sequences. Now, if anybody can read Morse code, some people know this little trivial fact, that that uh, on the Morse code is actually transmitting, and I'm doing the keying because I know Morse code, my amateur radio call sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, uh, <laughs> well, that's a hell of a piece of trivia there, it is, Tony. It's, and it's, it's been in several of my films. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, that was really low-quality bunk fake weed. That you were, <laughs> I remember distinctly that it, it was bad fake weed. Well, I've been known to smoke tobacco from time to time to my detriment, and it was just a bad... Bad. Uh, was it... Uh, don't get health care. <laughs> so I have to ask, what exactly do you use to make good fake weed? <laughs> I don't know. If, uh, the right prop man can have a blend that's kind of tolerable. What did they use? Herbal cigarettes, right? Something. Yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't give the prop department a lot of money. <laughs> now, with the reshoots that were done in this film later, how much of that involved effects? I mean, obviously... Uh, how much of it involved? How much involved special effects? Was oh. it mainly character stuff or effects work? Do you well, that's a lot because there's a lot of effects yeah, stuff I mean, going on here. Yeah. And then as it goes through, I'll yell out where reshoots fit in. You'll, it's a, special, a lot later on, as uh, but um, 
anything where you see really great effects is uh, probably a reshoot. Uh, I don't remember why I had a fascination with this hamster, but uh, <laughs> not, it's not the most dynamic cutaway I've ever seen. Unless the hamster does the hamster. Uh, it do, well, look, it something happens. It was a, that was a, not a cutaway. That was a subjective camera, very Hitchcockian move towards. Oh, see now. Oh, look. well, that's sad. Except no real hamster was harmed, dude. Yeah, that was that was an that was an ad lib line too, I think. But I mean, look at look at this these machines with these lights going. I mean, can you imagine how much fun I was having in here? Look at this. You guys were getting a lot of setups. Yeah. You guys, because I did. I worked one day on this movie. I had this stuff storyboarded and planned, and I spent a lot of time with Jacques Hadekin who shot all this stuff planning it out so we just we were like a machine that day uh, uh, a decent scare but that's what makes the scene work and and um, it just keeps building uh, so it's one of these sequences that works by you watch the cuts from oh now this happens so it escalates to this point point of view, now this. Add a great sound effect and you're done. Cut, print, check the gate. There it is. And you know, you may be aware of this, that when the MTV Movie Awards gave me the Lifetime Achievement Award, that was a prominent clip in the package. <laughs> I seem to remember um, getting them the clip. Yeah. Jeez, that guy's cut. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Ray. Ray. Now, you had actually worked with Amy before on Children of the Night. Yes. Uh, before this. Uh, what was it about her that made you want that made her appropriate for this part? Amy is is really good and 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 so easy to work with and just um, uh, just a, such a delightful person that. It was a no-brainer for me to, to cast Amy. I'm sure most of you know this, but she's also the daughter of uh, Mickey from the Monkees. You know, so she's a bit of celebrity royalty also. And I'm, I'm actually in a week going to see the Monkees at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles. Minus Davy Jones, unfortunately, but yeah. they are playing again hey, together. And how were all the kids behaved like during the filming? Were they cutting an overall or were they totally professional? Do you remember anything about working with all the kids? They were, uh, I have no memories of any problems with any kids. I, Which all. is pretty amazing. With, with a, a, you know, a cast full of juveniles to not have there just be one giant headache after another. There, there was nothing. Uh, part of it was we were, a lot of the stuff was shot up in Big Bear, which is uh, the mountains outside of L.A. <clears throat> so they, they were great. I mean, just, just... Okay, I'm trying to remember if that was a, if any of this was shot later, and I can't recall. Did you have to bring him back? No. Well then, I. But that, but that, that shot of the thing might have been shot later. But I know, I guarantee you, part of this was shot later. I, I... Not anymore. 
Bag that shit, man. I can't put my clothes in here. It's all yours, Holmes. <laughs> Thanks. So when the, when the film was scored, it was uh, uh, Christopher Stone, who'd also worked on some films. He'd worked on uh, Prison, he co-scored Richard Band, and he'd also did Fist of the North Star around the same time he did this. Yeah. Um, do you remember at what point he was brought in? Was that at... This, pardon me, but this oh, was shot later. All the gooey stuff? This is, this is later. This was reshoot. So it looks to me like just a, de a decision got made that the, the film visually had to be much more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we built this small set somewhere, and KMBFX did a lot of these effects, and they do uh, uh, Walking Dead. They're, they've done a lot of stuff. <clears throat> they I'm sorry I interrupted you about Chris Stone. Go oh, right, so about Chris Stone. Uh, was he brought on after the reshoots were done, after everything was finished? Was that when he was brought in on the film? Yeah. We didn't hire Chris until after the film. time to gain the trust of these kids. And? Well, I, I don't want them to feel like this trip is for your experiment instead of for their benefit. Agreed. But you need to keep in mind that my daughter needs to feel like this trip is for her benefit. Seven eighteen ninety three. We have just arrived at the campsite. My partner Holly, having made this trip several times prior, is the only person in our group possessing any real outdoor survivalist skills. You know, the tools of making movies have changed dramatically uh, in these last 20 years. Um, I'm sure th there was very little Steadicam work. Yeah, we didn't have a Steadicam. Um, no slider. No what? No slider. So a, a dolly would yeah. have to be a dolly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really old school filmmaking. It is. Very old school. It was edited on a moviola. And then there's Panic. A perfect model of aggressive dysfunction. He cannot accept... Or she won't hear that too often anymore now. No. <laughs> Only at museums. And poor Kelly. A prisoner of her own troubled mind. Now I... I find this narration very funny to me, but it's not, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I was hysterical doing that, because it, it's sort of, there's an irony to all of it, but <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. <clears throat> now, I can't remember if this was shot in, there's a, there is a lake uh, in Los Angeles, right above Beverly Hills, uh, called Frank, at Franklin Canyon, and Franklin Canyon Lake. Which, um, for television buffs, might remember it as the lake that Opie and Andy are walking around at the beginning of the Andy Griffith yeah. Show. It's, it's a reservoir for the for the residents. Yeah, and it's just right above Beverly Hills, but and yet it's very secluded. And 
quite a bit of these. This exterior um, was shot there. Now that line from Virginia was was practically lifted from uh, Werner Herzog's uh, Burden of Dreams. If anybody catches that. <laughs> now, was there a lot of work on the screenplay? Uh, no. Not not a lot. Brent Friedman wrote it, and then he also wrote the the uh, reshoots. And it was fairly complete when I was brought on. Speaking of lines from other films, I I, I assume the uh, Clint's earlier line in the film about they're all messed up. That was was that a nod to Night of the Living Dead? What is it? No, it was just something that popped into my head. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm not much line. of an homage guy. I've got a couple of homages, but not Night of the Living Dead. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get it off. Ah! Ah, this is a creepy, creepy concept. Yeah. And and here these are real things. They're not computer generated. They're, they're real. And that it just gives the actor something to react to. I mean, she was really reacting to it. I think she was a little creeped out having it stuck on her. Hey yo, Chuck! These burgers ain't half bad. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Daryl. <laughs> I think I like you. Burger, please. Charles! Now, do you remember anything about hiring Peter Scolari or working with him? I mean, now, of course, he's come back. He's on, on Girls on HBO now. He's back on TV again. Um, oh. remember, remember what he was... Uh, or anything about working with him on the film? Peter was uh, very professional and uh, always had uh, thoughts, ideas, how to make his character better, and, and we talked a lot. He was not, um, tr he, he was, he was just, he was always, always had ideas, but if I didn't like him, he wouldn't push it. But he, he was a pro, very much. Now, how much of that narration did you make him do on camera? I, I think we did it all on camera. Wow. But, but I don't remember. We may have brought him into the sound stage, but, but um, I can't recall. Just to ask an actor to, to, to kind of talk yeah. to himself and do yeah. narration is... Well, of course, as a director, you want it all on camera, so you have all the options later to put it on or off. Charles Danson. Oh, you can call me sir. I, this is my associate, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't mind if I do. Uh, thank you, but not yet. Uh, this is um, Lynch. What's it's not? Is it um, Barry? What's it? Barry. Barry. Was who, who was his brother? Richard. Richard, right? Richard, who passed away in the last couple of years. Barry is Richard's brother, right? <laughs> kind of people you don't want to meet the mountains he had a really nice ensemble the the, 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 the necktie thing the, the scarf is really working for him in this particular sequence <laughs> i don't know if it makes any sense <laughs> but it was in the script so i said okay <laughs> well, so, some people call those ascots is yeah. that an ascot yeah 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 in the script this is not my invention it was written he was written this way Kind of an odd couple. All your kids. 
<laughs> yeah. You have to wonder if they came up with their own backstory for those two characters, you know? Exactly how did that come about? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, now we're getting into some more fun. <laughs> this is... <laughs> I'm not having a good day. This is not going well. Oh, yeah. So that's a, a prosthetic piece we may have shot later. If you look around this scene, there is some major set dressing going on here. That yeah. Is, that is some look. real, real look, thought. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start firing plugs into my leg. <laughs> also, now that gun shot blanks. Today, they just go click bang. Yeah, and they, <laughs> and they CG it in. They put it in, and it always looks like it. Oh, God, you didn't believe that stupid shit, did you? God, you're so naive. You'd rather be naive than a spoiled bitch like you. I can understand why they wanted to go back and, and pump the picture up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, it's all this stuff. Hey, Romeo, what's the word? You know, it's, they, they wanted... There, there's a book called The the 100... I think it's The 100 Greatest Horror Films You've Never Seen. And this is one of our 50 greatest. Or it, it's a film that never really got a great release. It only came out on uh, VHS, never on DVD. And... Um, there was actually... A, there, there was a, a Laserdisc release of it because some fan sent me a... a, a DVD burned from the laser disc. Come on, guys, you can't be that. But um, you know, not a lot of people saw the film, unfortunately. Stupid. Chill out, Chuck. Nobody ever taught us how to make a campfire. I mean, what do you want from us? Okay, all right, it's no big deal. Well, is there really a class that you can take, Campfire 101? If you're apparently from the inner city as his character was, you wouldn't know how to make a campfire. But what do they do? I don't know how to make a campfire. You probably do. I can make a campfire. I can't. Nor, nor would I be interested in making a campfire. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to be awful well lit, though, right there, so I'm not even sure whether a campfire was really appropriate. <laughs> well. <laughs> what has gotten into you? Nothing. You've been acting like a spoiled brat ever since we picked you up at the airport. You didn't pick me up. Holly did. Well, that's what this is all about, isn't it? Look, I don't know what you could possibly have against Holly because you don't even know her. I don't want to know her. Well, that's an intelligent attitude. Look, Melissa, I brought you along on this trip because you said you wanted to come. I said I wanted to be with you. I'm sorry. All I ask is that you not blame whatever you've got against me on Holly. She's a wonderful person. And I know when the two of you get to know each other, you could be friends.
Yeah, now... Uh, this may be the last day the dog worked. <laughs> yeah, this was... I think that was it. See my dog? Ah! And Seth's character here had agoraphobia before it was in. Maybe he, he was at the leading edge of that one. But you got here in the woods, man, and like you're scared, you know? You're tripping on your own shadow. Um, Once again, I believe this was shot up in Griffith Park. Uh, later, Many years later, I shot another film, The Double Born, that I shot scenes here as well, right in the same spot. And then after that, I think it burned. And my understanding is you can no longer shoot there. No, you can't. You can't shoot up there anymore. Uh-oh. Yeah. That was not good for the dog. Uh, Picture wrap on the dog. Yeah. The, the, now, the way that those little... That tick was moving was it had springy legs and a monofilament and a prop guy pulling it through the dirt. And now they do it with with animation. Well, with animation. They don't even think about it. Because they don't want to take the time and prep to work it out. So, but I just think it's more fun. Aww. No, no dog was harmed. No dog was harmed. That's, a, that's probably a KNB or maybe Doug Beswick or I'm not sure who did that. Maybe the, I can't remember who did that. That actually looks like a really good effect right that's there. A that's really a nice piece dog. right there. Uh, might be KNB. Brutus. I mean, these guys did the buffaloes and uh, I danced or dances with wolves, so they were really good at this stuff. Doug Beswick did m most of the creature effects in this film. The design and the movement. What happened? Brutus, he just... He was scratching and then... He wouldn't move. I said, Brutus. But he didn't know who I was. He didn't know who I was. You know, in that scene we saw before this with the, the tick cam moving around, uh, do you remember how the cameraman did that with the POV shots? I think he just uh, top mounted a handle and, and uh, put the, and the camera in low, in low mode and ran along the ground. What are you gonna do? Look, I don't belong here, man. Shit, why, Brutus, man, huh? I should have never brought my dog in his He's working on it, I see him. Damn. See, I figured it'd be me who would get in a drive-by shooting, but my dog, my fucking dog would be okay. Now, uh, Alfonso and Seth really worked on this scene together. I, I This was, um, this whole pushing, they came up with this thing and the knife. They, it, it was, for me, a really nice education to watch a couple of really dedicated guys work hard to make a little scene that could have been nothing quite effective. Now, Seth was pretty important to, to many of these days. Did you have welfare issues? I, you know, I... I I can't remember. He might have been 17. I don't remember having a welfare. I thought, was there a teacher? I don't think there was. Or we just didn't. Well, I've do had it. that experience. You can become emancipated, and technically, yeah. then you're you're not. He, anyway, his, I just he's in know, it a lot. And his it, mom was around a little bit. I remember, but she came to Big Bear when we were shooting up there. 
but uh, I, I don't don't exactly recall. Now here comes Sheriff. Well, Dad had a Dad had a house in Big Bear. Oh, it was a convenient job for Pop. Now here's a dolly. It's a real dolly. Yeah. Look at that. And there's Rance Howard. Morning. Morning, Sheriff. Thanks for coming. Now, Brian Usna cast your dad. Really? Yeah. Something must have happened. It seemed rabid, and then it just... He said, cast Rance Howard. He said, he'll... Miss. It's perfect Could for it. Could be just about anything. Now, what, ex what exactly was Brian's involvement with the film? From, from it, through what part of the process was he in on it? He was uh, executive producer, a kind of a... He wasn't involved with the reshoots, but he was involved with the actual production as kind of a consultant, I'd say. No, thanks. It's worth noting that he still makes you know a lot of monster films, and he still loves using practical effects like this film does. You know, he, uh, hasn't, he hasn't jumped on the CG bandwagon too much. Still, so. uh, well, he he went to Spain. Mm -hmm. Brian went to Spain for a long time. Yeah. It's fun to see Pop. Yeah. Hey guys, where's Panic? Please go wake him up. Now, Tony, you sort of um, cut your teeth at uh, New World Pictures um, mm -hmm. originally. What what part of that experience did you take with you when you became a director? Obviously, Hellraiser was part of the, the New there. World, uh, you know, catalog uh, back in the day. Back to LA. Uh, I learned a lot as kind of a a film doctor. I was I was head of post production, both for Roger Corman's company and for New World Entertainment after it was sold. And I learned a lot about film structure, fixing a lot of films that were troubled. Um, Hell, Hellraiser the, was the most known that I did work on, sort of fix-it work. But also uh, Godzilla 85, that we produced American sequences, in many ways was like this, where we, we took a completed film and wrote new scenes to Americanize it. We brought Raymond Burr in. So this was kind of a Godzilla 85 treatment where we shot, there was a finished movie and then we shot more, wrote more, fitted in, and it was seamless. So, uh, I, I don't believe there are that many fans out there that realize how much films come together in post-production and how films can be completely recreated oh, yeah. once principal photography is finished. I mean, I, um, so... I knew that this story existed on ticks because I knew that I was part of, a, you know, shooting some more. But I didn't realize Corman did it as much as... as well, Corman, not, not so much Corman, but New World Entertainment after Corman, after he sold it. There's a book, uh, Ralph Rosenblum, who was Woody Allen's ed early editor. He talks about this process. And the, it's called When the Shooting Stops. The, and... Um, for instance, Annie Hall was written in continuity. All of the back and forth of timeline was created in the editing room, and that's what makes that film brilliant, is the timeline. Now, who, who was giving you notes? It, when, when Tix was being put together and then reassembled, did you guys play it for people? Were there focus groups? Was there? Did you show it to friends? Uh, the the financer, uh, Robbie Little, who was the owner of um, uh, First Look, had the final say, and he had a lot of notes. But for the reshoots, they brought in um, 
Joel Swisson and Michael Murphy. And Joel is, is a kind of a hands-on, knowledgeable, both of them are, but Joel really understands at the time, was very good with structure. And I, I remember working a lot with, with Joel on it, but, but also for, for some odd reason, they just kind of let me do it. We created these new sequences with Brent and I, and and um, and uh, they they would we knew they would integrate. Also working with the editor Leslie Rosenthal, fine editor, and we just came up with this way, and they let me go and do it. They gave me three days and the money, and said do it. Uh, didn't really get a lot of notes on those three days. It just sort of worked. Because you know now, movies are tested, and and. You, movies will be cut two or three different ways and tested for audiences so their their notes almost like a focus group with a political campaign yeah. they, they you know yeah. uh, they're relying not so much on their instincts as filmmakers but on what the audience perception of the work is and I hate that it's a I shame hate it. I hate it because well, you know if you the way the best way to know is you go into and you watch a film with an audience, and if you know what you're doing and you're in tuned, you feel it. And that should be your guide. But right now, everybody's got, you know, there's so much committee work going on. And, um, well, the horror genre, I mean, obviously, the studios saw an opportunity. Yeah. If they got their fingerprints on the genre, that they could profit from it, and and they have. I think they've spoiled it to a degree, but um, they certainly listen. The studios were not making horror movies back in the eighties. No, it was independence. But you know, like Freddy, the, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise made so much money. They got, you know, they, and now they do very well with some horror films, none of which are that good. Frankly, I haven't seen anything that really is. Well, you and I were around when Fangoria magazine was just blooming, mm -hmm. and Comic Con was just a, a figment of somebody's imagination. Yeah, yeah, yep. Now, when you mentioned multiple birds and focus groups, uh, something I'm curious about with with Hellraiser too, you obviously had some problems with MPAA that they demanded a lot of cuts on the film. Um, with ticks, it's interesting. It's very sort of gooey and bloody, but there's really not much in the way of like nudity or profanity or anything. It's kind of a, a tame film in that respect. Was it always intended to be like an R-rated film, or any discussions about the rating? Uh, I think it was always intended to be R because of the ultimately the effects would the overall impact of the effects would be scary, and also uh, in that time credibility you had to have an R on a horror film. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a now it's a little different because they want to bribe the audience theatrically. But in this day, the independent horror film had, had the R. But now, were you under any pressure to throw in the gratuitous, sexy scene with nudity? Did, was, was there ever what's, any discussion what's, what's about... What scene are we talking about here? <laughs> was there what? ever any discussion about me doing my thing naked? Oh, that scene that, you, that we didn't use? <laughs> It'll be available for viewing later. It's on the bonus uh, section. No, no one ever thought about uh, any nudity for this film. I don't think there is any in here. This thing, as, as sort of squishy as it is, you could pretty much show this to like you know a 
13 or 14 year old with you know, not many issues. I, you know? I think I showed this to my kids, my kids when they were, uh, <laughs> when they were younger. Okay, that's just acting there. That's an actor <laughs> with, a, with a piece of uh, foam acting. That, that tick wasn't doing anything. <laughs> Now, can you say no tick was harmed? No tick making, was harmed. That's making of this movie. I'm not sure if I can. I'm, I can't remember what happened to those live ticks at the beginning. What is it? Uh, do you remember what happened to the ticks after the movie was done? Did anybody like keep one to take it home or <laughs> use it for a prank for Halloween? Do you know? I I don't have one. God, I wish I had one. Yeah, that, uh, done. I had one blown out of my face. That's right. <laughs> I, I I don't have a tick. I have a Hellraiser box, but I don't have a tick. Some of the farmers up here use it on their marijuana fields. Ah, see, story point. Understand? This tick is undergoing a radical modification. From your description of the dog's behavior, this may... See, that's just fun goo. Yeah. That's fun goo. I think I showed this film to my kids. I, I, I think I did years ago. You know, Brian used them, made a movie. I don't believe you were a part of it, but it was... Um, about a dentist. It was called the dentist. The dentist, yeah. Corbin Burnson was played the dentist, and and Brian chose to do a lot of the just the old fashioned goo mouth drilling, uh, you know. So I think Brian was probably an advocate of of, of you know. Yeah. Going well, going ahead and making this stuff look like this. The concept of this film actually came from the effects guy, Doug Beswick, now that I remember. This was his concept. And Jack Murphy, the producer, hired Brent Friedman to write it. But, yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, he's lucky it landed on that part of his anatomy. <laughs> Well, he, he stopped it. But, oh. Dude, oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't hold it for much longer. I do remember getting a note on this scene before I shot it. <laughs> the, the, the note I got on that scene was, make the forest look scary. That's good. Nobody wants to fish. Did you ask them? See, this girl is me in the movie. The director is always somebody in the movie. That's me. Nobody wants to fish. What? <laughs> 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 Hi, Howie. Hi. How would you two like to go fishing with Melissa and Kelly? So you're basically just picking off these teenagers one by one. It's, the, it's part of the genre. No, I understand. Yes, no, actually not, though. A lot of them, well, I don't want to give the ending away. But they... Uh, Do you think anybody's seeing this movie for the first time? Yeah, somebody is. Somebody is. People are listening to us talk about the movie while viewing no, okay. it for the first time. A lot, a lot of people survive. Well, anyway. It's a positive... Uh, it's an uplifting, uplifting movie. Uplifting film. I hope she survives. What comes issue a spoiler alert? Like, if you haven't seen the film, switch the audio track over and finish the movie. <laughs> Uh, I thought Virginia, the young girl here, was a really great natural. I, I think she was kind of untrained, as I recall. But she just was re really natural. 
Now, did you do any rehearsing with these with these young actors? Yeah. We, um, we went up to Big Bear a day early and we did rehearse. I always like to rehearse a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Because sometimes stuff comes out of it that you... You know, actors, uh, actors bring something to their part. A lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> but, uh, this auteur theory, which is bullshit, excuse me. But, um, you know, the, the actor is part of the filmmaking process. And that's often what I tell actors, that I've, especially ones that don't have a lot of experience, that you're not just here to act. You're, you're a filmmaker. You're part of it. Part of your job is to repeat your performance. Part of your job is to hit your mark. Part of that's part of that's you're a part of the process. You're a filmmaker, and um, these kids were all good at that. They were good. You know, it it it's a mistake that I've seen made over the last decades, and that is the filmmakers they get so behind physically manufacturing the day's work that. They don't give the actors and the director an opportunity to find the surprises in the scene. And like what you're saying about rehearsing, if you give the actor an opportunity to maybe find a surprise, if 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 it's rush, rush, rush with no rehearsal, um, yeah, you're going to get the scene, but you're not going to be able to find any of the surprises. Well, so, we did a film after this called Rattled, where you played a, 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 an engineer. Basically, yeah. you were an engineer, and you came up with a line. You came, you walked up to me and said, "I want to say we're digging the hole," not in the script. And I thought that was great. And that's the kind of thing that you, if you don't give the actor space, space you're, you're going to miss all these like these great opportunities. But what, finding surprises—it's finding a surprise. I, I thought that was such a great line. I've always remembered it. We're dig, we're digging the hole because that's what was happening. They were putting a hole through a mountain. Don't give me too much credit. That's not. But that wasn't in the script. That was your line. So I'm going to give you the credit on that one. These were actual, actual ruins up in Big Bear. They just happened to be there. Do you realize that Big Bear, California is one of the first places that they began shooting films? They were shooting westerns. It, it's a it's sort of a, a interesting not drawn out story but the the motion picture camera had been trademarked i mean there weren't many around and there were people who got a hold of a motion picture camera and they went up to big bear and made a bunch of westerns huh. so a lot of those early silent westerns were shot up in big bear and they realized that drive was too far, so they moved to Porter Ranch. <laughs> it, it, no, it was it was a matter of of not getting arrested because yeah. they were using a camera that they had no permission to use. Oh, right. What now? This is Franklin Canyon, uh, right? Yeah, Big Bear doesn't have that. But. Yeah, right by um, expensive homes. Melissa, hurry up! And that water is full of duck poop. It is disgusting. <laughs> so you weren't waiting in there giving the actors direction? No, no. I didn't get near that water. It was gross. I'll tell you, people say filmmaking is glamorous. <laughs> and yet, there is so much about it that is unglamorous. I mean, throughout my career and 
and and and just in this movie waiting around in duck shit yeah, and yeah. pig shit. Well, that's and, a stuntman who had to get put himself under the water and Yeah. But stuntmen love it. Get a, they love waiting around and stuff. He probably made $400 doing that. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh. Boy, I, I tell you, I don't remember any of this stuff. <laughs> That's sad. Like that, I was surprised that Sheriff Carr was there. Okay, now we're back in reshoot land, or additional photography land. Uh, and I think if you can even tell, Amy looks a little older. Because it is months later, and we're in... Uh, Scheduling was, was an issue, if I remember. Her availability, ah. it had to be a... You know, I was available, and kind of the story of my life. <laughs> and this is just classic. Don't don't get near that thing. Yeah, don't open the door. Yeah. And they always open the they door. They always do it. I don't want to make editorial comment, but those ticks are being born in a really nice place. Yeah, very convenient. Don't put your face there, really. <laughs> <laughs> We've all seen Alien. Don't do it. <laughs> what? See, but it did. Nothing happened. See? Yeah. Expectations. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Take the gun. I don't even remember how any of this was done. <laughs> I think that's a picture wrap on Mr. Clinton. Yeah, Howard. that was it. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> Does he? Oh. Uh, no, I don't, no, I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to sign out, get cleaned he up, couldn't. drive home. <laughs> but he couldn't even shoot himself. <laughs> that's Well, but now stuff's really happening. We got monster on girl. The 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 invention that you guys created actually. I mean, uh, listen, it, it's actually pretty amazing what you were able to make the movie. Yes. I was actually. I think I was being auditioned for that guy. Yes, you are. <clears throat> well, what do we have here? Looks like a wannabe dealer, sir. <laughs> a young entrepreneur, huh? What the hell are you talking about? 
Now, considering the way the film came together over such a long period of time, did, did I mean, did, like, Clint, did you ever see the finished product? Was there, like, a screening for the cast and crew at any point? Do you remember? You know, I honestly don't recall seeing... I, I, I saw it when it was finished. I saw it on videotape. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I, you know what? We, we may have had screenings. There was a cast and crew screening, which apparently was an amazing screening that I missed because I was uh, in the emergency room having almost just cut off my thumb. Yes, sir. Oh, Jesus. That's a long story. But anyway, I missed that screening. Let's kill him first. Well, did you ever get to see it with an audience? I played a few theaters. Never. Never get to see a reaction to it? No. The first time I ever saw this with, was an with an audience was just a year ago at the B-Movie Festival in Franklin, Indiana. There was a screening of it. It was about 10 people. You know, those are fun. I've done those for for the, the some of the genre movies I've worked on, and and when the audience is right, yeah. uh, listen, the right audience. This movie, this this movie has a lot to be appreciated. Well, yeah. I, can, I can attest firsthand. I was I think I was like maybe what a sophomore in college when this came out, and it was quite a quite the popular party film. So. Really? Yeah. Oh. That's real fire. No digital, no digital effects here. Oh. Oh yeah. I shot him. I don't mean to laugh. <clears throat> you country fuck is a good line though. <laughs> Uh, now this might have been stock footage. There may have been a little stock footage purchase for that. I don't think we were would have been able to shoot that. Um. What is he doing? He has a couple of oxys left. Oh, that's right. Yeah, God, I remember. Still, we're going to be heading towards the big uh, third act climax pretty soon. It's it's a it's a pretty frenetic piece of work once everybody gets sort of corralled in and attacked. Do you remember any? I mean, how long did it take to shoot that whole all of that? It's a lot of action. It was um, probably a couple of days. The interior. Well, you'll see it. The interior of the cabin was a sound, was on a soundstage. I'll, I'll tell you how this was all sort of put together. So uh, the, uh, up till now, everything has been practical. The exterior of this cabin location was all practical. There's an interior scene where the where Holly and and uh, I forgot his character's name. They're they're in, in a bedroom, and I believe that was a little set. Um, it might have been on the low. I just I don't recall. 
Well, that's got to be stock. That's stock, yeah. Uh, actually, that's a miniature. And um, we got shut down. Somebody, there was a disgruntled member of the crew, for some reason. We were shooting this towards the end of the shoot, and they did not pull a fire permit. They were just going to do it. And the fire department showed up. Oh, wow. And shut us down. That's the first and only time I've ever been on a production that was uh, shut down. Okay, now a lot of these little ticks running around, this is all shot later. I don't know. This was in a little sound stage. <clears throat> that was actually a really good little practical trick, a practical effect that they had those springs and the wires. Yeah, I think that was stop motion. Oh, okay. There was a, there was a soft matte wipe to it, and I think it was stop motion. Yeah, there was there was actually some a lot of stop motion in the film. Daddy. What is it, sweetheart? We think the sheriff's been... Okay, now this is a... This was a soundstage. I think in Valencia, Santa Clarita, but I'm not sure. You got my dad killed off pretty quick in this picture. Yeah. Could have squeezed another day or two. <laughs> yeah, he, went, he went pretty quick. Well, these are all good kids. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this, this set was built, was designed and built by Anthony Tremblay, who was a very good, also a very good production designer. That's a miniature. Yeah. There's just stuff going on everywhere. I, I think the reason the film was popular is because just shit keeps happening. It just goes and goes. And he, the bleeding heart that he is, of course, he lets him in. you boiled them with a little drawn butter, I think they might work as kind of an appetizer. Yeah. You could deep fry them. Look, a little, a little Cajun spice. <laughs> He's combing He's, his hair. Yeah, combing his hair. Okay, this was, these little shots here, were, this is all additional shooting. That's stop motion. Pretty sure. I can't remember. Maybe not. I saw little monofilaments there. Those were being pulled. Probably because of the video is a little brighter than it should be. You may not be seeing it on your Blu-ray. If it's timed properly. Think about working with monofilament. The image has to be somewhat dark, or it shows up. Yeah, <laughs> they bite like a son of a bitch. Holly! Holly! We gotta get going. 
going, Charles? Yeah, I'm just worried about how we're going to get out to the van. Just send one of the kids. We're not sending one of the kids. Why don't you go, Jerry? Bring the van around for all of us. <laughs> so I'm just curious, since both of you have worked on your share of both horror films and just sort of general uh, drive-in type films, what I mean, what are your particular favorites, or what 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 are your influences, or what kind of movies do you like in this sort of genre? Is it like monster movies or horror movies? What do you have a particular affinity? Well, The Exorcist is one of my top five all-time favorite films, and that would be a horror film. Um, I, I normally wouldn't personally choose horror as my favorite genre, although if The Exorcist lands in my top five, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Uh, this uh, I completely understand why people find this you know, entertaining and fun. Don't touch it! You know, once again, this is a scene where an actor is really uh, giving it his all. He, he, he really makes this work. He sells it. Uh, I, I, horror is not my favorite genre to watch. I, I, I find it a, it's a challenge to make, and I enjoy... I like creature stuff. Um, I'm, my favorite genre is really more the th thriller or, you know, the psychological thriller or science fiction. But, but I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the greatest horror film. Mm -hmm. The original. Good choice. It's really the pinnacle, if you can... Name something better. I don't think you can, in my view. Well, I mean, Tix almost has sort of a, a, a feeling, aside from the, the marijuana factor in the plot, it's like, it could almost be sort of a throwback, sort of like a 50s monster film. It has that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. You know. It, it's got that, plus it has that late 70s, 80s alien Im, uh, influence. Mm -hmm. Alien, uh, definitely alien aliens. <clears throat> you know, I remember as a child, though, you know, Frankenstein and the Wolfman and the Mummy. Uh, so this is, I was as fascinated by horror as anybody. I just uh, with Did my those films scare you? No, films never scared me, Tony. Because I listen. I you, you know I don't remember when I wasn't in the business. Yeah, right. So I always knew it was a dude in a suit. Or... Well, see, those films scared me, but I was a little, they terrified me, and I was attracted and repelled, you know, like everything in life. And and um, I would always love to be able to try to get that feeling back. I think that's my whole life has been striving to to recapture that terror. Um, you know, I, I was reading recently that there was this, these various polls of the greatest horror films, and, and Hellraiser 2 appears on many people's list in the top ten. So it really affected people. Um, I, and I, that's... I, and that, that was certainly my goal, to try to really disturb people, to get that to recapture the terror I felt as a kid. The keys it's, it's tough. 
You know, manufacturing a movie is is not easy. For all the elements to come into place, from story to casting to actual doing the you know shooting the movie post, uh, there are certainly many more things that can go wrong than go right. Yeah. Hopefully, good uh, post production can fix most of it. Yeah, if you have the opportunity. But everybody goes in with very high expectations and, and good intentions. I've never had any experience where people didn't have good intentions. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. This one worked. Obviously, it has a following. You gotta feel him, sir. He's all slippery how you like him. Oily, very oily. Don't you ever wash your hair, you man? Stop it! Get up! Yes, sir. Was it ever crazy? Like twenty years later, people are going to still be, you know, talking about a film that you've made like this? And <laughs> not this one. I didn't, I'm really surprised. Hungry friends outside. Really surprised, but happy. Please. It, it really is amazing the the life of a film. I mean, being made on 35 millimeter film for theatrical release. Yeah. It had a life on on videotape. It's now going to be on Blu-ray. It's played on cable. I mean, it, it's amazing the life of, of films. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's, I wouldn't say fascinating, but it's, it's interesting because some movies you make and, and you never hear from them again. And then there are some things that stick. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, this film for me, I guess, not looking at it now later, I, I just see a lot of uh, personal quirks that I've added to this one. Which probably helps give it a life. It's, it's, it's got a lot of my sense of humor throughout it. You know, it doesn't take itself completely seriously. It never intended to be a, the kind of deeply disturbing psychological film. It's supposed to have the entertaining. It's a, you know, a lot of funny stuff, really. Well, you were making a movie about ticks on steroids, That's for right. crying out loud. It was, it's got humor. <laughs> this is not Shakespeare we're viewing. No. Just a production note, this front of this cabin was just, just a facade. It was filmed in Griffith Park, that area I told you. I, told, I mentioned earlier. Um, it was called Sherwood Forest because they shot some of Robin Hood up there, which is no longer available to shoot in. Is, you, isn't this guy going to realize that, that that van's got to be full of ticks? That you, people are never going to be that smart. <laughs> I don't think this guy got a GED. No, no, <clears throat> no. Oh, shit. Oh, I remember you get bit and the neuro neurotoxins affect your mind. That's right. So now here's some editorially. We're up in Griffith Park right here. There's your oh, dad. Oh, there's my dad. There he is. You got a second day. <laughs>
gun flashes. We smashed the van through a, a, a set in Valencia, which was pretty cool. Now, part of the reason this was done is the fact that I wanted the scene to be lit by the lights of the van, as I recall. And let's see if that bears out, if my memory is good. Because I thought without lights and flashlights that I could do some fun lighting stuff. No, the lights of the van aren't on there. Did he just say, everybody try to stay calm? Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> Do you realize what's just happened? Well, you got to try. And I don't know why he's still alive. <laughs> I'm still reflecting back to try to say that line, please, everybody stay, stay calm. <laughs> Yeah, now see, we a lot of this stuff was shot later. All that stuff was shot later. That All, all of that was done in, in, in reshoots, in additional shooting. Oh yeah, that's what motivated the lighting. That was it. <clears throat> now you see the sparks. So now I've got, I got sparks, so I can do anything once I've got blinking lights. So, when when you were initially shooting this sequence, uh, uh, was there hope that you were going to get these these tick shots and and this added stuff and didn't have time to do it? Right. It just didn't. It just was underscheduled. It was just not. It wouldn't be possible. The more people you have in a scene, the longer it takes to shoot because you've got to cover everybody. They went blood. I'll give them light. Throw the out of the and we just got guys with lights moving lights around. I've seen a couple of times that some of the exploding tick effects, it looked like they were, they were opticals that were created. Do you remember that this time? They were explosives. I don't think there were opticals. I don't, I don't recall that. Somebody help me! Okay. I'm glad the knife came in handy. So now, Alfonso... These people still have a bad problem, though. Yeah. I mean... Now that's that's the actor doing that. I'm sure he was pretty bruised up. And then you see he gets pulled. You know what? That's a stunt man. That's a stunt man. to laugh but you you gotta have it it's gotta escalate it's, it's gotta escalate 
it it these people have a really bad problem. Yeah, that's they ran upstairs too, if you noticed. <laughs> we got forest fires, we got ticks on steroids, we got homicidal killers. Yeah, this is all KNB's handiwork here. Real guys operating rods and makeup effects. Fun. Old school. Now this once again this is a sound stage we're in here. Did they have like some anti-tick spray that those actors, those characters had on? Because they don't seem to be affected. To, yeah. They had uh, a bug spray? They bug bugs. Yeah. Skin so soft. Avon. Good idea. Charles, who do we send? I'm there, man. No, no. Stay here with Dee Dee. I'll go. What are you, nuts? No, man. Look, my panic disorder's acting up. I gotta get out of this room, okay? Are you gonna be okay, Tyler? Yeah, we'll all be okay. Just let me get out of here. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Sure, man. I mean, if I can manage to swing out far enough and then defy the laws of gravity and meet the van on the backswing. <laughs> I'll need a torch. So there, there is a nod to the how ridiculous it is <laughs> to defy the laws of gravity. It's true. Yeah. Here you go. You've been waiting for this, right? This is this is a rod puppet. There's, it's a raised set. There's guys underneath it with, with rods controlling it. And once it was photographed, it was done. No effects, no opticals done here. Just, just, uh, just um, visual, visual effects or uh, makeup effects. That's a miniature. This was really an ambitious um, yeah. story. It was. Uh. Wow, the fact that we had a fire going up in Griffith Park. This is amazing. They would never allow anything like that now. Once again, very simple. Those are just little springy, springy legged uh, ticks and being pulled by uh, monofilament. See, they don't like the barbecue. They don't like heat. We established that earlier. Yeah. There was a huge uh, machine, uh, light lighting 
effect called lightning strikes behind there. That if you're too close to it, there's too, it literally will make you nauseous. I remember getting kind of ill doing this scene uh, because it's a very strong light. But you control it, and I had the control in my hand. Every time that flashed, I'm hitting a switch. <clears throat> it's very difficult to work with that close. What effect? a miniature effect behind uh, the facade. Now, were these people going to get a refund on the deposit for the house? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was probably donated because this was a public service. Oh, that's right. Somebody help us! Listen, write this and toss to me when I call for it. Hold on, Rob! Get it off! No, I, I, I... Is he gonna make it? I think he makes it. I think... He's gonna have several months of rehabilitation, though. He's gonna, he's gonna have some rehab, but, but, uh... A story to tell. See, but that, once again, there you have an, an effect that an actor can interact with. And it makes it real. It's all green screen now. It's all, yeah, or there's nothing there. They just add it later. They're, they're pantomiming the, the movement and the, the, the thing is drawn in later. And this way, he, Ray had, a, had something to work with. Maybe someday that'll come back. You know what, and at the end of the day, we all had paychecks. The fact that we got employed. Yeah. Yeah, making this. Yeah. Having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like any good monster, it must explode big. And not just once. Oh, you've got a tank. You gotta, gotta go. Oh, you that's a good go. one. <laughs> now, if, if this Blu-ray is too bright, and you look out that window, you might be able to see some people playing golf on uh, the golf course at Griffith Park. Because it, it was just sunup, and they were out there already. And um, we were just shaking that van. Little did they know what was going on. Yeah, but there were definitely golfers out now, there. Now, meanwhile, there's a fierce forest fire happening that somebody's responsible for. There's a tick somewhere, though, right? It's got to be a tick. It's... It's, all, it's on the back of Jonathan Livingston Seagull. <laughs> You'll just wait. Was there discussion about this moment? No. Well, no, this was shot later. This was, a re this was additional shooting. Oh, added okay. We added, we added this. So it's in the script? No, I don't think oh. so. Because I remember Jacques Haidkin, we did the crane.
Can you imagine the mess they'd have at the LA Convention Center if something like this actually kind of hatched? Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, there was never a Tix 2, but it's always set up for one. You know, Tony, I, I, I really have appreciated sitting here watching this. This has been big fun. Well, you know, good way to spend a Thursday night. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and I hope that people that, that view it, they, they get a kick out of it, too. That's yeah, all I can say. It's pure fun. There's nothing here deep. It's uh, a lot of humor that still makes me kind of smile. A lot of little in things that I, <laughs> I put in there. And hey, and I once a year, I'll have somebody come up to me and go, Say it, say it, and I've got to say it. I'm infested! <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much, guys. This has been great. Yeah, fun. Memory lane. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>